Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test based in Annapolis, Maryland. Reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Hello, welcome back to the CLT offices. We're glad you're here. Today, we're excited to have Dr. Larry Taylor, president of the Association of Christian Schools International. If this is your first time joining us, I'd like to take a little bit of time to explain what Anchored is. This is a program where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on topics at the intersection of education and culture. As always, we at CLT greatly appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. Now, without further ado, let's get on to the conversation. Welcome back to the Anchor Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. Uh, today, we have the president of the Association of Christian Schools International, Dr. Larry Taylor. ACSI is an organization that exists to strengthen Christian schools and equip Christian educators worldwide as they prepare students academically and inspire them to become more devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Serving more than 25,000 schools in 108 countries, ACSI helps more than 5.5 million students worldwide connect to Christian education. Dr. Taylor, thank you so much for being with us today. It's great to be with you and uh, always an honor to talk about education. Thank you. So I always love to hear about people's first kind of memories of of education and and reading books. What kind of schools did you go to growing up? What are some of your early memories of education? Well, you know, my, my, my personal education background is so different than what I've experienced the last uh, 30 years. Uh, I, I grew up, uh, not that this really matters, but it, it did impact uh, my where I went to school. I, you know, I grew up in a uh, low-income home. Uh, I didn't know private schools existed or classical schools or Christian schools. That just wasn't part of our you know, part of our vocabulary. So my my education was 100% K-12 uh, public school. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I would say that um, looking back, uh, there were certainly uh, moments uh, in particular, like in my literature classes where I, you know, had some formative moments, formative experiences and reading some of the classics and, uh, but didn't, uh, didn't never received anything from a, a biblical worldview, Christian worldview. Um, but, you know, I, uh, my high school football coach led me to the Lord. Uh, oh, you know, wow. I mean, I just, I praise God, uh, in, uh, through the fellowship of Christian athletes, uh, had a football coach that, uh, loved the Lord more than football and led me to the Lord. So that was my, you know, definitely a total secular education, but God redeemed it in so many powerful ways. K-12. Well, that's beautiful. And I, I think coaches, you know, they, they do some of the most important work in any school anywhere. I mean, they're, they're teaching the, the, the value of hard work and perseverance. Some of these lessons that students don't get anywhere else. But, but for you, what an interesting journey of going, you know, K-12 in the public school to now you're the president of, I believe, the largest Christian school organization in the world. Is that accurate about ACSI? Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we have a, a global footprint and, um, you know, I, w- I would say, you know, I say that 
very humbly. I mean, uh, I don't think our measuring us as the largest association is our greatest aspiration. I, but but it is. I mean, we have an social uh, an association with a global footprint, and um, uh, you know, close to you know six million students. If you put them all together, uh, yeah. It is. I think God has a sense of uh, a sense of humor. I I was not groomed or prepared or uh, or thought that someday I would be the president of ACSI. I mean, if you look at my background, uh, not at all. Uh, God has a sense of humor, but He definitely, when He calls, when He ordains, <clears throat> He also anoints, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm yielding to to that anointing. So tell us a little bit about that journey, both academically and spiritually, uh, as you begin to to understand the difference uh, maybe between regular kind of public K-12 education uh, and distinctly Christian education. And then how, how did you come to be in the role that you're in now? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. And my, not unlike uh, anyone else, my, my pilgrimage was, uh, was, was very unique. Looking back at God's providence, um, uh, it's it's just a it was a wonderful journey. I didn't become a Christian until high school, so my my faith, uh, as far as faith and you know, in, in informing any of my education, uh, really didn't start until late. Compared to you know, uh, growing up in a Christian home, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I did not go to church. Uh, I was a good kid, good student. Um, but my, my interest in, uh, Christian education, uh, I would say it had, it had two roads, uh, uh, road or journey one was after I became a Christian. I found myself looking at my, my personal education track in my professional education track, uh, which, which I was a science teacher. Uh, I looked at it in a totally different light. Everything started to filter through the lens of God's word. That, that was new to me um, as a high school student and then going on to a secular university uh, as a biology major. Um, so from that respect, Christian education, um, all of education to me started to be filtered through God's word as I matured in my faith. Journey two, uh, which really led me, I think, ultimately to um, now, now that I, uh, the position I'm now with ACSI, uh, when, when God finally won the wrestling match with my heart, um, and, and when I obeyed his direct call to Christian education, um, in, in other words, my, my first experience vocationally um, uh, in in a Christian school, then my my interest in biblically based or Christian education it it obviously exploded. And what I mean by that is, uh, I didn't understand early on, even as an early on as a teacher, I did not understand the philosophical foundation of Christian education. Mm. Uh, you know, again, I, um, I was very ignorant. I did not know that all around me there were incredible 
incredible Christian schools, but I didn't understand the purpose. And so it would take me too long to explain uh, that wrestling match, but, but God really, really gave me a, uh, during that season of my life, I was teaching and coaching in a public school, but God started changing my heart towards having the opportunity to be a part of of a biblically based, I, I call it a biblically based worldview training center in order to disciple the mind and the heart. That that really got my attention. And so my my interest in education, although not having a foundation in Christian education, my interest in education, my interest in Christian education uh, just exploded through that wrestling match. I mean, I, um, uh, if you, if you don't mind me just, just telling a quick story, I, I used to be an anti-Christian school guy. Uh, uh, because my only exposure to Christian schools was, and again, it was very limited exposure, but my, my exposure to Christian schools was that they went halfway. Okay. Uh, the, the one word that I would say is mediocrity. Mm. Um, mediocrity scholastically, uh, athletically, the arts, whatever. And so, I mean, again, little did I know that there were in, uh, great Christian schools, uh, quality, high quality Christian schools all over the country and the world. I just, I just had never been exposed to them. So, when God started calling me to the first academy um, in Orlando, that was the wrestling match I went through. It was Lord, why would you, you know, what, what's the purpose of this? And so, that that had to be answered. Um, because when I, I didn't want to be a part of a holy huddle, I didn't want to be a part of an educational system that just isolated Christians. I wanted that, that didn't resonate, you know, with my heart and it didn't, I didn't think it resonated with God's word. But when I finally figured out that that's not what Christian education was all about, when I found out that it was to prepare and to train the mind to be the salt and the light uh, of the world. That got me fired up. That, I, I, I embraced that. I didn't want to be a part of a holy huddle that isolated kids. And then when they went out into the real world, um, they got ran over. Um, yep. I, wanted, I wanted to be a part of something that was a, a, a true training, mentoring, discipleship center, especially the discipleship of the mind. Uh, yeah. So that they could uh, enter any epicenter of cultural influence, whether it was in, you know, wherever God called them, uh, they were, they, their mind was ready to be an ambassador for the king. So, Larry, you used the phrase a few moments ago, uh, the philosophical foundations of Christian education. Um, can you can you speak about that? Uh, what are those foundations? Yeah, I mean, I think the the when I when I when I talk about it in that particular context, uh, when I when I reference the philosophical foundation, uh, you know, biblically based, uh, I, I call it uh, kingdom education. I didn't coin that mm-hmm. phrase, but 
the philosophy of kingdom education of of uh, you know God's word does not have Christian schools in it, <laughs> but it has the the philosophy of training of discipleship of the preparation of the mind and heart is throughout scripture. And so the philosophical foundation that I'm referencing is primarily that, um, that we are not, <clears throat> we are education is not to prepare kids for a job. I love uh, that. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm into jobs and I'm into making money and I've got five sons and yep. I definitely want them off my payroll, but, uh, <laughs> But 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 the purpose of education, uh, the, the or the you know to your question of uh, the philosophical foundation of Christian education, I would say of all of education mm. is not. Um, I mean, only part of it is is uh, uh, to, to 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 get a job someday. I mean, I believe God has an assignment for all of us. Mm. And I think education is the, our opportunity to surrender to God's uh, to God's future assignment for those kids, and 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 so we are to prepare uh, those minds and prepare those hearts uh, for whatever vocation God calls that young man or young lady to. So. Um, you know, the biblical foundation or the, the kingdom education philosophy talks about the home, the church, and the school. Mm. Those three, uh, arguably, and even research base would say that those three entities are uh, uh, are truly interdependent if they, if they have a congruent uh, training paradigm. Um in other words, those are the three that typically train and form the core values and the, the, the faith formation of children, of students. Mm. And so, I mean, that's the kingdom education, home, church, and school, that philosophical foundation of, so, you know, you might, um, you, you might find a Christian school at ACSI that has an open enrollment. And that means there's non-Christian parents that are coming, but that's intentional. So, you know, yeah. How how does a parent like that philosophically? How does a how does a parent that's not even a Christian enter that that three-part training mm-hmm. paradigm? Well, they they can't uh, unless the school has an intentional outreach to that parent. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as we look at the philosophy of Christian education, and I'm going way beyond the foundation, <laughs> the foundational pillars here. Yeah. Apologize for that. But what what excites me about biblically-based philosophy of education is that whether a Christian school has a covenant-based enrollment where they 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 only accept Christian parents. Or if they have an open enrollment where they don't, I mean, they open it up to non-Christian parents. At the end of the day, the philosophical foundation has to be that mom and dad Hmm. is the primary head coach of their children. Hmm. 
and according to Deuteronomy 6 and Psalm 78. Uh, so, so we need to reach mom and dad uh, mm. for Christ. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, the church. And then if it's a true uh, biblically-based school, those three coming together, uh, the probability, and, and, and I don't think God needs secular research to, to support this, but the probability of a child living out their faith for their entire life skyrockets when those three entities come together with a congruent message. And so anyway, um, that, you know, my, my, my heart and commitment has always been to kingdom education. Yes. Um, and to, and, and to the end goal of developing obedient followers of Jesus Christ and not, mm. not to just say, you know, Hey, uh, we want our STEM program. Uh, we want ninth graders to say, hey, I want to be an engineer. I, you know, I don't know many ninth graders that really know that God wants them to be an engineer or a lawyer or a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And so I think some I think some forms of education or philosophical foundations of education, uh, I, I, I think they do an injustice to the development of the mind and the foundation of developing thinkers and mm. uh, because they let, they let kids and parents and, and uh, peers, you know, start directing them to specializing in their uh, education as they go, especially through high school and college. Um, so, Anyway, that that's a little bit about my the philosophy of education. I don't know if I I don't know yeah. if I totally drilled down on everything. Well, you know, that's great. And I, I think that this next question is going to be of great interest to our audience. Um, since I, I don't know when you would mark it in terms of a date, but there's been a, a growing uh, kind of excitement. Some people call it the classical renewal movement, uh, and it's happened in in a bunch of different areas. Uh, in, in a lot of Catholic schools, re-embracing. Oh. Um, they're, they're kind of the, the tradition uh, that, that used to be very central in the Catholic Church. Uh, you've got a classical charter school movement that's booming. Uh, the classical movement within the homeschool world is booming on the Catholic and the Protestant side and, and even non-religious. Um, and so ACSI being, being a, a, a network and an organization that, that predates kind of this renewed interest in the classics, I'm wondering if you could, could speak about uh, the connection in, in Christian education between uh, the traditions of, of Athens in particular, um, is that uh, foundational? Is it necessary? Is it helpful? I'd love to kind of pick your brain about that. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a great question. And I, and I, and I probably need to answer it uh, from both a personal and from a practical. Uh, my, you know, my, 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 my personal, and, and when I say personal, uh, you know, for the last 20 years before becoming president of ACSI, uh, I would say, you know, you would look at our school, Preston Christian Academy, and although we would we would definitely not be categorized as a uh, as a true classical school, um, we definitely grounded and founded uh, our um, our professional development, our curriculum 
based on the Christian liberal arts. Um, and as, as we know, uh, that, that's, that has been, t- uh, has taken a whooping out in the, uh, out in the real world. And, you know, uh, the, the, the article after article after article of why, why, why liberal arts is not, uh, should, should not be, um, you know, should not be allowed or liberal arts preparation for the real world is inferior. I would, I would argue against that. And, and we argued against that at Prestwood Christian Academy. And so, um, you know, to consider the classical education and the renewal movement that you, that you're referencing, I'm excited about it. Um, I am, I am seeing more traditional, Christian schools. When I say traditional, I, I, Prestwood Christian Academy is a traditional preschool through 12th grade uh, uh, school. But I'm seeing more and more of those schools, even in light of some of the the, the criticism that the liberal arts uh, has garnered um, over the years. I'm seeing more and more of them. Uh, embrace this classical education renewal movement, and you know the the and, and somewhat of a, a resurgence and a, a fresh vision uh, for the purpose of education, and even um, and even suggestions on how that should inform curriculum, and um, uh, you know no doubt uh, that raises eyebrows. Uh, because I think there was, you know, again, there was a period in, in my life where I didn't, I didn't understand uh, the liberal arts. I didn't understand um, uh, some of the foundational uh, uh, Western civilization-based, ancient, uh, virtue-based uh, education. I didn't understand that, and so I'm, you know, my journey has led me and prepared me. I think. Uh, to really appreciate what what you just said that there is there is a renewal um, there is a resurgence and I think the movement has is unlocking a rich treasure uh, a, a treasure chest full of wisdom and insight uh, mm-hmm. from master teachers throughout the centuries mm-hmm. uh, and whether it's you know, these riches, whether they include, you know, Hebrew wisdom literature or Plato's dialogues or, mm. uh, you, know, you know, all sorts of reflections on education throughout the Middle Ages and enlightenment, enlightenment I, I sense that there is this resurgence, but there's also a wrestling match. And mm. that wrestling match is, well, wait a minute. You know, on one hand, uh, we're you know we're trying to stuff out the, you know, the classics and the the, the liberal arts. Um, what what is what is the right way? I think um, one of the fastest growing segments of Christian education uh, are classical schools. Yeah, uh, that excites me. I mean, that, to me, that that accentuates this mm-hmm. resurgence and renewal. 
Yeah. You know, one of the things that struck me when I was in seminary, I went to reform theological and this was really an unintended consequence. It was just something I picked up on because I had taught in a public public school in New York for three years before I went to seminary was how different education was for almost every other generation, any other century, and that they fundamentally looked at it more as formation. In fact, they called, they called it formation more often than not. Um, and they were, they wanted to form, uh, and in, in, in the way that I believe Aristotle puts it is, is to, to love the right things. Plato says the object is to, to teach us to love what is beautiful. And I thought, man, I, I went through four years of undergraduate education, you know, major and never heard a word about this. It was only ever mm-hmm. about college and career readiness. So I, I love that, that you're saying it's, it's only a tiny part of the point of education that has anything necessarily to do with the career. And, you know, I have found that one of the ironies there is that when an education is not focused on making somebody employable, they actually end up becoming more employable, which is <laughs> kind, of, it's kind of bizarre that it works that way. But but there are amazing young people coming out of these schools that have had this kind of academic formation. It's, I'm, I'm with you. It's super encouraging to see. Uh, now, we always love to, to end the Anchor podcast, and the feedback we get is that this is, for a lot of people, it's their favorite question, uh, is we always like to end talking about books uh, we're wondering if there's a particular uh, text that has been personally transformative, foundational for you, and maybe maybe one that you come back to year, year after year. Mm. Well, you, you probably hear this a lot. Other than the Bible, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, am I allowed to cheat and and say more? Than, it's oh, yeah. hard for me to narrow it down to one book. I, I, I would say, yeah. uh, first of all, I'm a C.S. Lewis fan, um, uh, probably Mere Christianity, uh, very formative. Uh, I would say probably screw tape letters is my most, uh, I just, I just love screw tape letters had a major impact on my, uh, spiritual formation of the mind. Hmm. Probably uh, one of the books that, and actually we actually devoured this in, in my PhD program by Alistair McIntyre after virtue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I'm not, not sure if you're familiar with that book, but anyway, you know, that, that book on the you know, on moral philosophy and and uh, um, the claims in that book that the older forms of moral discourse um, were were in better shape, particularly singling out Aristotle's moral philosophy as an exemplary. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, huge, uh, a very tough read. For me, I mean, it it, it really, uh, really, uh, in a good way, caused a deep, deep uh, reflection. But it took me, it took me way back uh, to uh, the ancient days and the moral structures that uh, have changed throughout the years. And, and and of course, the thesis of the book um, after virtue is okay. What 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 is the future look like? without that moral foundation and those structures. Um, Blackaby's book, Experiencing God, huge okay. impact on my spiritual life. And I would I would close with uh, uh, Noel's book, The Scandal of the, of the Evangelical Mind. Uh, very, very good book, especially when the opening sentence of that book really got me mad. The opening sentence was, is, the scandal of the evangelical mind is is that there is not 
much to the evangelical mind. <laughs> that that really pulled me in. That pulled me in. I, they got me mad, but you know what? He was right. Um, well, and he, and he built it. So those, those are some books that have had a, a formative, uh, been formative in my life. I, I, I appreciate what you're doing, and um, keep keep being a disruptor in in, in that in this world, and. Uh, and, and keep carrying the flag you're carrying. I appreciate it. Super grateful. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share with friends and colleagues. Look forward to having you join us next week.